Okay, welcome along to the next in the series of the GigCX Decoded podcast, uh, where we dive into the world of gig-based customer service, or what we always call GigCX. And this podcast is brought to you by Limitless. I'm your host. I'm Chris Dumpleton. I have the pleasure of leading the sales and market efforts here at the, the Good Ship Limitless. And uh, on this podcast, we are here to explore the world of, of, um, of GigCX and help people understand a bit more about it. And the way that we do that is we bring people on far cleverer than myself and I ask them a bunch of questions. And today is no exception. And, and uh, like the episode, I think two before this, this time we've gone big and we've brought two people on. Uh, so I'm really excited today to be joined by David Creech, uh, who we'll call Creech for, for reasons that Creech knows, and uh, and and Dennis Pollitt at my a little company called Microsoft, which you may have heard of along the way. Um, Dennis, I believe you're a senior product manager at Microsoft, and uh, and and Creech, the, you are in the community support planner for the Microsoft Answers community, which is quite a long title. But anyway, pleasure to have you on the show, gentlemen. I really appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for being here. You bet. Yeah, glad to be here. So let's uh, let's get into the discussion. So. Firstly, let's um, just get a better understanding about about you and your role and what you do. So, Dennis, I'm going to come to you first. So, can you tell us a bit more about about yourself and and what you do at the the wonderful sure sure yeah I'm I'm a long time Microsoft employee so I've been here about 30, 33 years so um, the tail end of the career uh, but I spent the last ten or fifteen years in in online support strategy um, and specifically yeah. probably the last ten to twelve years in in community and social strategy. Um, and, and customer service. So, and uh, so our team that Creech and I and a couple other folks are on, who are kind of a small team, we manage the strategy and day to day running of the Microsoft Answer Support community, which cool. um, serves about a billion customers a year. It's a huge wow. online site. Um, so, it's big traffic, one of the largest forum, community forum sites, first party sites in the world, I think. Absolutely. Uh, well, there you go. Some great stats going around. So you say a billion, cust a billion, is that a billion like individual questions or is it a billion? Individual no, it's, it's a billion customers because we have a lot of customers who come wow. and look at the content and then uh, yeah. find their answer and leave. And then we have about, um, I, I'd say five to 600,000 new questions every year. That's amazing. Now some yeah. huge numbers. Well, we're, we're going to get into that a bit more detail. Create yourself. If you could do a brief intro, it'd be really helpful. Sure. Yeah, I've been at Microsoft about five years, all of it on this team, although I guess I've done three different roles here, <laughs> covered three different parts of the team. Um, I've got about 30 years of operations and quality experience in a variety yeah. of industries around the world, um, but primarily software and banking. So. And uh, we were just having a quick quick chat offline before we came on uh, came on live and I've, I found out that you've never listened to a podcast in your life <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a sort of casual thing I thought I'd just break the ice a bit and say I was expecting you to say yeah I listen to loads I'm on loads I get asked to do this thing loads and it's like yep yeah, this is the first one I've ever been on and the first one I've ever I mean hopefully you'll listen to this one back I mean that then that's going to be your first one right? I'm not going to promise anything <laughs> <laughs> Creatures about as subtle as rock. Brilliant. Well, this is going to be one of my favorite conversations, Jane, because I much prefer those. I much prefer those. They're, they're better to listen to as well when you get back to it. Right. Okay. So, uh, first big question is you know, I, I chuck GigCX around like confetti, and I realize that sometimes people 
may not actually fully understand what it is. Now, rather than me try and constantly sell it all the time, which people get very, very bored about, I thought I'd ask you to say, you know, how would you describe it? So, uh, Dennis, I'm going to ask you first. So, someone comes along and they say, GigCX, heard about this. What on earth is it? How would you describe it to them? Oh, I was going to punt that one to Creech, but oh. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's 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 using a gig and gig workers in a customer service world, of course, which can take a lot of different permutations, and depending on what and what environment and business you're in, it can run the gamut from being really simple um, to really complex. And so, I think ours is a little bit on the higher end. I'd say Creech. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's some of our stuff gets pretty complex. Right, so um, now not only have we brought Microsoft on to this call, and uh, but you know, we have the pleasure of calling you one of our customers, which is um, which is a wonderful accolade to have. So the first question I thought would be really useful to ask is in your own your own words, and Dennis, I'll I'll come to you for this one because that was where our relationship um, started. Is what? Why did you adopt GeekCX in the first place into your part of the business? Yeah, we, we were actually, we were a really early adopter in this space, um, yeah. six years ago, I guess. And uh, we started out small and piloted it. And what we we're trying to achieve was, was actually either more customer success, higher level of customer success or cost savings. Um, mm. We thought, hey, this is a fascinating world that we might be able to try. And it might be better quality and it might be less expensive than some of the higher paid um, local language advocates we had and so gave it a shot um it was actually wildly successful uh, we were we were both actually much more cost effective and much more successful uh, from a customer right. perspective so that's what we were after um and it uh we just kept expanding the reach of that and we're now covering we use gig in, in lots of different languages across all of our product lines um yeah, we, we have a we had a mix of customer agents, paid customer agents that would sit mm. in customer contact centers and they would answer questions, mm. along with a really rich, big group of volunteers who had a lot of subject matter expertise and they contributed their expertise just to help helping people altruism based, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought, hey, let's get a third leg of the stool in there and do this gig thing because we have so much volume, we're so big, we're growing. H how do we how do we handle this in, in a positive way? And so we we tried the experience out and it was it was great so you said at the start there so initially it was you wanted one of you you're interested in one of two things which was either to reduce the cost or to improve caesar and it sounds like you got both so you've got a yeah. you've got you've got the classic win-win okay brilliant well yeah. i'm i'm pleased that that's worked out so yes um so the, the next question is really to um uh helps us to uh frame people that might be interested as, as they as they come along uh considering GigCX. um it's really about how do you see um or how do you how do you come up with the idea of using gig for driving better engagement for microsoft community because you said at the start there that you've got a bunch of people that were already on on there being I guess paid to work they're on the platform <laughs> then you've got those that are turning up on their own free will if you like altruism and they're looking they're doing a great job so what was it that you uh you know you looked at how did you come up with the idea of okay let's try this thing out and see if it improves and creature i'll probably come to you for that one so microsoft's had a program for a while of trying to explore how we can integrate gig a lot of gig 
workers are in disadvantaged areas or they're um, maybe, you know, in a, in a challenging situation where they can't have a traditional, like go into a call center and work yep. kind, of, kind of part of their life. Um, and there, when I was first hired, there was a, a very, very large conference that we all went to <laughs> that we just don't do anymore because of COVID. Um, but there were people from all around the company just digging into different ways we could be more efficient with our resources and how to serve our customers better. Yeah. And gig was the answer to a lot of those questions. And in the community in particular, we have the ability at some level to kind of pick and choose where we can say, you know, we, we love our volunteers. They do a great job. Let's, you know, support them and give them the first pick. Right. So they kind of have the yep. ability to, to choose yep. anything that they want to answer. And we trust the volunteers and it doesn't go any further. Um, but then everything that's left gets sent off to gig. And it's it's been an amazing response. It's so much faster than we were doing before, which matters. You know, if a customer has something and they're getting an error and they don't know how to fix it, like they can't use their computer until it gets fixed. Speed mm -hmm. matters, right? They need that response sooner rather than, than later. And that's been just dramatic. Like the this response time, Dennis could probably correct me on this, but it was over 24 hours before. And now our average response time is like 50 minutes or something ridiculous. So yeah. huge, huge improvement there. And you mentioned there that you, so what one thing that, that whenever we talk to people about um, how this works in a community environment, some people are like, well, if, you know, I've got a community, it's already, it's already working. I'm already, um, why would I need to pay people and how would they work alongside? So what would your, it sounds there like, so if I, if I get that correct, then what, what you have in, in your setup is the first dibs, if you like, come to the volunteers that the, you know, the, 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 the community experts that were on there before or they're on the, are still on there now. And it's only those that don't get answered in a certain time frame, and that triggers it then to, to go into right. then onto gig. Right. Okay. Right. So you're not changing the availability for those that are working on that platform in that same way, the ones that are doing it in their free time and the ones that, you know, want to do it. It's just their hobby. Right. Because that's one of the, you know, one of the great things about, um, about a community um so you're not changing those guys what you just do what you're doing is saying well if those don't get answered we want the question answered so we're then going to move it to the next resource pool and that resource pool is gig Correct. which is is the okay cool that 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 really helps um so go on dennis you've got something yeah to i was say. just going to change i think and it depends on how you want to run your community because every company is different sometimes it's uh it's just an opportunity for people to interact with each other for Microsoft. It's actually a, it's a key support channel. And so, yeah. and the one unique thing about community is it's both uh, what we call help me and empower me. So, so not only can I ask my personal question there, get an answer like I would on phone or chat or email or something things like yeah. that, but it becomes because it's publicly available. It's a, it's a resource for me to find my answer myself. Um, and so we have millions of people a day who actually do that. Um, because that question's already been asked by somebody else oftentimes and they're, they feel comfortable to go through and do it. And, and we so. get such big volume and it, cause in our, in our community, we, we, we do I'm care. Just, it is a support channel. And so we want those customers to get answered because if they don't, they'll pick up the phone, you know, yeah. a, a, we want them to get answered, but B yeah, yeah. it'll just overflow to our other channels. And so we care about the answer rate and response rate and things like that. And so, um, 
Mm. We're so big that the volunteers can't do it. And so yeah. whenever we have to, we get more volume coming in, it's just hiring more advocates, which is slow. It's not as successful. It's way more costly. And so gig became this way to say, hey, what's a way for us to expand with higher quality when we get these fluctuations and when we grow, which we've been doing so. Seasonal variances are also so much easier to handle with gig. Right. Um, look at the holidays with Xbox, right? Mm. You've, you've got this huge rush for about a three month period. And it happens to coincide with the time where a lot of passionate gamers, you know, maybe take vacations because of the holidays. And so they have some spare time and they can hop in, answer a couple of questions, actually get paid for it. And it handles our rush and we don't have to hire a whole bunch of advocates just for three months who then become unemployed. So it's much better for everybody, really. Yeah, it soaks up those those peaks, and and often we see that there's um, you know, like you say, you're either trying to onboard people to cope with the peaks, and then you've got all that time to hire and train and get ready, and then you've got to let them go at the end of it, and it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of additional support in the background, right? And um, I mean, it's, it's funny because when whenever I've sort of talked to people about um. GigCX generally, I always I use community as kind of the description. And like I said, well, if, if we're used to like a forum environment, which is people have got the knowledge, they're generally a customer because or they understand it to a level of you know satisfaction. They want to work on their own time. You know, they come in from work and it's their hobby. They go onto a community forum and they're answering other people's questions. And of course, that's digital. So that's everything that GigCX typically is anyway. But often what cannot sometimes doesn't happen and I'm, I'm not this isn't this isn't microsoft i'm talking more generally about some other forums is that it can sometimes be a bit of the wild west right sometimes the posts on there and the answers can be unmoderated right some uh, can go a little bit out of brand guidelines shall i say and and often it can be you know it moves into that area is a little bit murky and so what you but if you were to use an outsourcer for example right you've got um people that are going to be held against an sla they've got kpis and they've got you know other performance stats right uh, and there's people being paid the other end of the, end of the line but what they may not have is the, the the actual the brand knowledge or the product knowledge because they're there potentially to just do a customer service job rather than i know this product inside and out so for me, it's like this, this marriage between the, those that are doing it anyway on their own free time and they've got that capability. But then you actually take the contact center metric approach, if you like, around being able to professionalize it slightly more and make the two in the middle. And that's often what we use in the in, in the outside market to describe what GigCX is totally. But the fact that you're using it within the community environment as well is, is the absolute, you know, it's the utopian state and and I've, and, uh, and we're, we're so pleased that it's uh it's going so well so next big question for you is um uh because it's obviously doing so well is where do you think well firstly let me ask you two questions actually the first one is um where, where do you think it will go anyway so gig cx is a kind of thing and where do you see it going in your organization so dennis let me come to you first around the first question what, what do you see is the future for uh for gig cx generally well we're, we're fairly mature uh, because we've had it for so long and so yeah. um we've you know we're covering all the languages and all the products right now so in, in our particular space 
Yeah. There's not a lot of new area we've, we've uncovered. One of the things that I, I think is also really cool is it, it, it does allow us another model for paying our volunteers. Yeah. Kind of, but, but it, so it, those people are doing it for altruistic reasons usually, but sometimes they, they would like to get compensated for that. Most of the time, actually they don't, um, mm. but it allows us to offer them through the gig supplier, another avenue if they want to go answer questions and, and, take it uh, from a compensation perspective. And so that's, that's something we've done that I think we'll continue to keep doing. Um, from where, where will it go? I, one of the big, you know, super hot topic right now is AI. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that will affect gig in a lot of ways. Um, some of them, you know, maybe we think it's negative and some of them I think will be more positive. Uh, it's it's really emerging you know with, with chat gpt coming out um in the last two months and i think mm. we're much we're five to ten years farther ahead i think than we thought we would be at this point um all of a sudden so everybody's scrambling to figure out like what do we do can we use this and um so we're doing some experimentation in that space but i think that's a that's going to be a game changer in so many ways and mm. it'll it'll impact gig cx as well i i I kind of think about it like the the transition last century from from horse horse and buggy and horsepower to yeah. com, you know to yeah. the um, internal combustion engine, yeah. and it just changed so many things. Some some were obvious, you know. You, well, you need better roads, and you know, you need mm. rubber for tires, and just a lot of things came on. Um, but there's so many things we didn't impact. I mean, the concept of a of a roadside hotel didn't really exist before. Mm. Um, things like that. So there's all there's all these things that are going to happen. I think driven by AI, and in some cases it'll reduce the need for gig CX um, mm -hmm. just in terms of overall heads. But it also provides opportunity for me then to be in a space where I might have less subject matter expertise, and I can use AI to help customers. So mm. that's going to expand. So that's for yeah. me. That's that's the hot topic we're spending a lot of time in right now, trying to figure that out. Yeah. Well, uh, it's. As we, you know, where are we today? We're at the end of February, and it is right in the center of everyone's conversation right now. And and uh, those, it's and it's everywhere. It's absolutely in every conversation. And you know, it's been like that for the last sort of few weeks or so. Creech, what's your what's your perspective? Where do you think this is going to go? So internally, yeah. Like little addendum to Dennis there. The one part of the forum where we don't really use gig right now is commercial. Right, we're primarily right. a consumer facing forum, but we do support some commercial customers and right now they don't we don't use gig for that and so i and i'm working on exploring like would that be a valid use of gig commercial is much more niche than mm. the consumer products so we'll see if it works out to be applicable but it's something we're actively investigating now so that's where it would go next in our org i think um in the larger community Oof. Yeah, I agree. AI is going to be upsetting. <laughs> Something, <laughs> some Apple car will be upset along the way. I don't know who's. And we'll, we'll see. But I, I do think that whoever can figure out how to integrate it seamlessly in a way that helps people do their job better rather than replacing people doing their job, I think is probably mm. the winner. Mm. Uh, especially from what we've seen where one of the biggest things with um, the public beta of chat GPT, you know, it's based mm -hmm. off a very limited, well, somewhat limited data set at an end date. Right. And it's wrong sometimes. And so mm -hmm. you have to have somebody who knows, well, is this right? Or is this not for it to be useful to a customer? We can't just blindly say, Oh, Hey, let's just 
take this wall of text that this thing generated and give it to the customer and say, oh, this is going to solve your problem. We don't know yet. Right. So yeah. there's a lot that has to be involved in that. And I think the the human touch is not going to go away anytime soon. Right. My opinion. So. Yeah. It might just be moved into a different different part, you know, or, or you know, when I, when I remember when, um, and I've been in the customer service technology space for, you know, for quite a long time, actually. And I remember like the first time, a, you know, an IVR came out and the first time then a natural language IVR came out. And then the first time when things were not just phone and email, there was this messaging capability and you know these big and i remember these sorts of conversations at that time it was like everyone running around going, oh my god what's what we're going to do there's this thing where you can call up and and it automates everything and then it's great and then you call up and then nothing understands you and then it takes a long time to train it and um now obviously the 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 the, the pace of that has increased but it feels like one of one of those big crossroad moments that's that's going to it's going to change things but perhaps not in the way that might people might be so concerned about <clears throat> in the sense of removing jobs, but it might just add either more help to people to do their jobs, or it might take some of the, some like contacts away, as long as you've got confidence it can do the thing it needs to do. And then you pivot those people to work more on the, the complex cases. And, yep. and <clears throat> in a world where, you know, supply is becoming a bit harder to find, you know, the subject matter expertise and to keep them and keep them engaged and, and um, focused on stuff. There's benefits to this. Now, it's, that might be me with my rose-tinted glasses on, but <clears throat> you can see this sort of, there's this battle for the space in that initial, those sort of, you know, level one inquiries, right? The ones that, that are, someone could find the answer or you can use a virtual assistant or now if you know, with with things like chat GPT or further AI, that it's starting to conversationalize some of those answers back in a way that makes it more, more useful to the customer so some of those stuff goes away but then you've still got more products coming out with more complexity with more things that they then go and talk to you've got these bigger ecosystems that all these new technology products come out with and every time a new product comes out it hasn't got the same number of features as the previous version it's got probably double and it's got more things it needs to talk to so there's more stuff that, that comes so really all it's doing is shifting some of the demand in my humble opinion to be in more of the the focus categories, which um, should we call it? Um, let, let me move on to a slightly bit more ethereal question, more than anything else, which is to do with the because <clears throat> again we use you know, GigCX a lot interchangeably, and the word uh, gig can have, in my experience, sometimes it can be there's a bit of a it can be polarizing actually because people have their own relationships. So. You know, in your in your opinion, is there a is there a stigma associated with the word gig? We use it obviously for gig CX. Do you think there is a is a bad word? Do you think there's a stigma associated with it? What's your opinion? Creature, I'll come to you first. That's so context dependent on who you're talking to. Everybody's gonna have an opinion. Doesn't mean they're all as applicable to say me and the environment I live in. Um, so you know. I think it's more important to understand how to explain the gig with dignity, right? That's that's how I think of it. Um, it's dignity. So, yeah, so that you know, people can see that you know it isn't just corporations taking advantage of use right. of you know employees or non-employees in a way to avoid paying or whatever, right? Because that's not yeah. 
that's not what it is. No. I mean, I'm sure there are companies out there that that's their focus, right? Is exploitation, whatever. But that it's not Microsoft. It's definitely not you know any partner that we're aware of because we wouldn't be partners with them. <laughs> um, so, so I think it's it's giving people tools to be successful when they don't fit readily into the the traditional role whatever that role is it gives people a little bit more ownership over what they choose to do at any given moment in the day gives them some power over their their work life that maybe they wouldn't have in a traditional like oh i'm going to go work with these same skills in an advocate call center you'd be Mm. successful if you're successful as gig you'd probably be successful as an advocate too it's the same knowledge um but maybe you don't you know you don't have the ability to go and maybe like you don't have a car right so you can't commute over to here but you have yeah. internet you have a phone you have a computer and you know you can sit at home and help people and take care of mm. of you know customers needs help the company out and you can pay your bills at the same time so i think it, it really is being able to explain it in a way that shows the benefits to the workers not just yeah companies because i think that there's been a lot of press about oh it's good for companies because it saves money well i mean we saved money when we started using gig but we got so much better customer service out of it mm. that was really the the key story for us internally we talk about that a lot much more than we talk about you know the dollar savings right yeah yeah what we um that's amazing you say that what we i remember actually there was this program in the um in in england uh, panorama it's one of these programs that comes on and there's like this panel there's a big audience and there's a panel and the panel are typically made up of members of the parliament and some sort of industry experts and things and one of the topics was to do with the, the freelancer economy or the gig economy <clears throat> and um everyone on the panel was saying it was bad it's bad for economy it's bad for service, it's bad for brand, it's brand, you know, because it's exploitation. And then you turn around to the audience and everyone, there was about 20 people all had their hand up and they sort of walk around with the mic and everyone in the audience were like, yeah, but I, I really enjoy doing this. Like I'm a driver, I'm a delivery, I'm a, I host, I do these things and I work on these platforms. <clears throat> and um, that just showed you that the, the, the speed in my in my opinion of of not only how quickly it was it, it's, it's gone through our economy if you think about how long the freelance economy has been around and against the backdrop of traditional working environments sped up with covid as well that people were just like well we want to work in this way this is this is better for us and and it's not just the flexibility we we, we um as you know we 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 do a survey each year, we do this big report and we ask them, we've got thousands and thousands of experts that work on, on this platform on you know, Microsoft and others as well. And we ask them these sort of questions, you know, what is it? Who are you? Where do you live? How old are you? What sex are you? What job do you do? You do another job? Do you, have you ever had another job? And the answers back are people that, you know, we enjoy doing this because I like to help people. I'm a stay at home parent. I'm a retiree. I'm a student. I do this as a side hustle. I'd like to fit it around other things. I genuinely like to help. And if that's the common theme around all of this, it's never, I can't get another job or I don't want to work in this way. It is always, it just fits their their own you know, life, which is yeah. this, this fundamental shift from where, you know, I've been in work and we've all been in work for such a long time, which is you bring work, you bring people to the work and you go right there's your work sit down there and now we 
because of technology and things like this, we, we can broadcast the work to the people and they don't have to go anywhere if they don't want to. And that makes it a democracy of work and we're democratizing the availability of work. And when you break it down to further, which is it's on a task level, it's not like you've got to turn up and sign a contract to work 40 hours a week. It's like, do you want to do this job for 10 minutes and earn five bucks or whatever it might be? And, and that is just the, is the is the biggest shift in terms of the the way that the gig economy has has, has changed the way that people work. And I wonder if my when my daughter turns eighteen, and uh, and I'll say to her, yes, yeah, so when Daddy was younger, he used to he used to go to a building, <laughs> he used to get in his car, you know, it was a petrol car, he used to drive to a building, and then sit him down for you know eight, nine, ten hours a day. And and you just there you tap a laptop. It's like why would you do that? That's just insane because you just think that you know, every year that comes on, that people hit the working age, they're going to be like, well, I don't need to do that. I can work anywhere. Maybe yeah, especially if you love to travel, gig work is great. Yeah, yeah. Right. you can go and as long as you have internet access, you can you can do the same job in Hawaii or Fiji or wherever it is that you know you want to kick back and still get paid so yeah i think there is, there is some stigma i think because a lot of the scale that people are familiar with happens at the lower barrier to entry um, so where the mm. like subject matter expertise and the skills you need to have are not necessarily as deep so mm. the things like grubhub and uber and lyft and and that's yeah. where people are most familiar with because that's the ones they use the most it's just large scale um, yeah but you know on the higher end we, we call it consulting um so it's it's a has a better label to it, but in many ways we've done consulting. Every company will hire consultants for a lot of things, and it's it's just a different flavor of gig in many ways. So that's an interesting point. I've never thought about it like that. We're 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 allowing brands to hire consultants, and we just label it differently. And so yeah, yeah. most people's familiarity with gig is relatively new. And again, you know, from a consumer perspective, to have Grubhub and get my meal delivered to me, or be able to to, to get Uber instead of a taxi, and I mean, that's pervasive now. And so everybody consumes those kinds of services. Um, mm. So that's, that's their familiar, but like I have friends who are musicians and, um, and so their gig to them means I got a gig, you know, I got a gig tonight and it's, yeah, it's, it's a different just, thing. It's yeah. a positive thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was the original. I mean, that was my, my first understanding of the word gig. It was like yeah. someone playing in a pub, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or a bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I've got another big question for you, and um, it's probably no no surprise that before the before we do these, we sort of maybe put a couple of questions to you so you know what's coming. But there's one that I'd like to just ask you actually, which is anyone listening to this that thinks I'm possibly interested, what would your advice be around looking at gig and thinking about it? How would you advise them to uh, to look and bring gig into their customer service environment? Who wants to take that one? Creech, you take that one first. I got a thought on that one, but you, <laughs> you, you go first. Um, I would say probably go for it, but do it thoughtfully. Look at what, <laughs> I'm going to steal Dennis's thunder here, but make sure you can identify what problem it is you're trying to solve with that. With us, it was really clear. Uh -huh. We had a really long response time that yeah. Gig's push model uh, was going to solve for us. Right? Yeah. Because 
instead of the questions passively sitting on the site and somebody having to go and scroll and find and say, okay, this one hasn't been answered. Let me see if I can do it. Instead with gig, your guys' software will push a notification out to somebody's phone or their desktop and say, hey, here's a customer who needs your help right now. This is all on you. Go take care of them. And we didn't have that before. The, the speed of that first response is really important to customer satisfaction. And that was the problem that we solved that made a huge difference far beyond anything else that it was that, that speed, being able to proactively push and notify somebody that, Hey, here is work that needs to be done. So I would say just really, you know, you have to understand your business, which hopefully you do if you're in that business, but set yourself a goal of trying to understand what you really want to change. For us, mm -hmm. the speed of response was, was probably the single biggest thing that we could have done and gig solved it perfectly. So, yeah, I'll second, I'll second that. It's the, it's the, as Chris said, know your problem. Um, mm -hmm. So really be really clear in your own mind of what you're trying to solve. Um, I think the advice I would give is be really clear on how much you care about quality, um, mm -hmm. which is a hard thing. And, and, and of course, a knee-jerk reaction. So oh, I care a lot. I care a lot about that. And like, <laughs> but maybe yeah. you do, maybe you don't. <laughs> so it's like how much, you know, and, and what does that look like? Um, for us, one of our key KPIs was, was customer success. So basically the person who asked a question, how successful were they? Um, and the, I, my, my belief, my sense is the more difficult the topic you're having your gig workers work on, the more subject matter expertise and real world mm -hmm. experience they need to have, the more you as a customer have to roll up your sleeves and be prepared to partner with your gig supplier. I mean, it's, it's unfair of us to ask Limitless to say, hey, vet these people and make sure they're experts in this and that they're really, really great mm. and, and just keep monitoring that. In a perfect world, that works. And if, the, if it's a low barrier to entry, it's very possible. Um, but the harder it is, the more I think you have to be prepared to invest in that partnership with your supplier. Um, and I think that's, that's critical. And it was something we didn't understand right up front. We thought, oh, okay, we'll outsource this and these guys will take it and they'll, they'll bring all these great people in. And there, there were some great people that came in and there's yeah. people that were not so great. And I think as a gig supplier, you guys, you guys have lots of great expertise yep. areas. One of those is not our product. You, so, <laughs> so you don't necessarily know if they're great or not. We try to partner a little bit on that, but, but the yeah. ability to really monitor that and figure out how you're going to measure that and look for that, give the feedback to your partner is, is really critical. Um, if it's not the most important metric for you, then you may not have to invest in that. Like if we right. just had a community where we said, hey, people talk to each other, get your problem solved. Great, knock yeah. yourself out. Yeah, yeah. We, we wouldn't worry about it as much. Right, got it. Okay, that's very interesting. There's some great takeaways there. So, well, uh, so clearly, you know, get a clear understanding of a problem so you know what it is you're going to try and fix um, and answer the question, which is how important is quality to you on a on a proper scale right how do you really want to rate quality because mm -hmm. it drives the behavior and then just go for it go for it thoughtfully i think i think you said creech and you only said um gig with dignity as well i've got some great little snippets here i'm gonna we're gonna write these down i can i can that we can see some marketing stuff come out of that gig with dignity <laughs> i think that's my favorite one um well, look, I'm not going to keep you anymore, gentlemen. Um, we really appreciate your time. Um, and, uh, and and Dennis, as we were talking offline, it sounds like you can become our next gig 
expert around Microsoft Excel products. Yeah, I'm, I'm in with the governor, all right? So if you really, you're really boss, knowledgeable, he's pretty close to retirement. He's going to be bored. You are, you are absolutely yep. candidate. Oh, and he loves to teach, so it fits right into that. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, Honestly, there you go. There you go. I got my yeah. next job all lined up. Yeah. <laughs> my next gig. <laughs> next gig. Next gig. Bam, there we go. Well, what a great time to end it. Look, thank you again, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, and, uh, Thank you. And uh, we look forward to welcoming everyone on the, the next show. Until then, good night. Cheers. Mm-hmm.